Travis here with Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Moore, presented as always by our good buds at VolleyballMag.com and our pod snack supplier, Chomps. We are the champions. Just wanted to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. Hope you guys had a great couple holidays here. A thank you to all of our listeners and to a huge thank you to everyone who has read or has gotten the book or has reached out to me and mentioned that they are reading it. Um, means the world to me. Uh, means the world that you guys are listening to Sandcast still. Uh, for this episode, it's just kind of a wide-ranging conversation with Try and I. We are separated at the moment, so I'm in Maryland, Try is in Hawaii. So we had the option of getting our new uh, Snow Queens, Katie Spieler, Carissa Cook, Emily Hartong, and Allie Wheeler, who won a gold medal in snow volleyball, which is a real thing, uh, over in Moscow. But because we would have to be on a call, we didn't want to force everyone in there. So that episode will be coming up when we get back in person. So this is just me and Tri kind of looking forward to the 2019 season, discussing the FIVB schedule and that kind of going haywire these past couple weeks, talking about the Hague, new U.S. partnerships, kind of a, a big idea for how we can just make one big, happy beach volleyball family. We just kind of discuss a little bit of everything. Hope you guys enjoy. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you guys next week on Sandcast. The AVP... Just announced in a, a video, like recapping um, mm-hmm. the 2018 season, just like the, all the online engagement stuff. And at the end of it, they said, we'll see you in Huntington Beach on Cinco de Mayo weekend. So I'm guessing that means their first stop is in Huntington on Cinco de Mayo weekend. Um, I don't know if it if they're doing the, the massive collaboration with the FIVB last year. Um, right. But the only conflict is a three-star in Malaysia, which I don't even know. Would you consider a three-star a conflict with an AVP? Um, well, if they keep canceling five-stars, then yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, most of the top it, – it is because, um, you know, AVP is pretty deep, and we have, we have a lot of players and teams that, that are trying to break into the world tour. So I think uh, there's a decent amount of maybe middle of the main draw players uh, teams that might want to go to that, but uh, um, for the most part, no, I don't think AVP should worry about it because um, it's just too hard to schedule around all FIVB events. Yeah, um, I, I I don't think a lot of teams are going to go to Malaysia. Maybe one or two, but yeah. uh, if there's AVP Huntington, then probably none. Yeah, because I was thinking that especially with the other events getting canceled in the U.S. Now that the U.S. is like shut out of the FIVB scene, then now, like, any domestic events, I feel like everyone's going to stay. Yeah. And especially because yeah. Malaysia's yeah. not, like, a drive down the road. <laughs> it's no, not no, close. No. That, and that's a double gender event, right? Yeah, that's both men's and women's. Yeah, no, that's not a not an easy trip. And I, I think the silver lining to the whole FIVB kind of going downhill or it looks like it's going downhill we don't know if they're gonna reschedule events or what but um i think it could help the avp a bit you know Um, make people kind of look to the domestic tour to to uh make their impact in 2019 and i and every year avp has been getting slowly better and better um maybe it's one two percent of the time but uh, they are kind of getting stronger. So, I mean, it could be a good thing for our domestic tour. And, and you know, Americans need a, a, a good, strong domestic tour. That's uh, 
kind of a priority number one right now. Yeah, I, I think with just the landscape of beach volleyball right now, everything that has happened over the past like two months has made the AVP look great. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. you yeah. know, P1440 had to cancel their San Diego event and then you know, they had to sort of downsize a little bit for Huntington. And then the Beach Major Series cancels Fort Lauderdale and the FIVB cancels a, a bunch of events and then the AVP is just doing its thing just chugging mm-hmm. along and so I, I love that they're that they're growing small because you look at like the FIVB like they ran 19 events in 2017 and then 43 in 2018 and their initial scheduling for the 2019 season was like 49 so they just like blew up for no real reason yeah. and like I like the AVP just like will run like what was it two events in 2012 and then they just slowly bumped it up to the point that next year i i forget what our contract said but we're supposed to have nine avps yeah i'm not sure exactly but i'm pretty yeah that sounds about right yeah so i like that they're just growing it small and that they keep i like too that they keep coming back to the same cities and building up a fan base there because you can see like chicago's great Austin, the same fans come out. I like that they've kind of found their little pockets that work. Yeah, I agree. It it seems like they have the best business model in place, and obviously they've gotten a decent amount of crap for it, you know, going so slowly. Everyone wants it to be good right away, but uh, I guess the businessman and Donaldson is, knows that uh, you, <laughs> that's not the best business model because you look at FIVB, <laughs> they try to, like, we're just going to, like, double everything all at once and that just does not work and we kind of saw that um back in like the earlier 2000s right when they went huge right away they tried to do a ton of stops a ton of money and it sort of kind of went bankrupt i don't know if it's exactly the reason but donald has a he's building a strong foundation you know before he grows and i think that's could be working out well for us yeah i think it's super smart and the one thing that almost it sort of annoys me that like everyone when the when Fort Lauderdale got canceled like everyone was shocked by it like I don't understand why people are so surprised that you know Hannes is putting on like four I don't know eight to ten million dollar events with no like visible revenue stream coming in it's like well how long could you think you could have done that for like how long was Red Bull just going to (laughs) keep shelling out millions of dollars for him to run these events like money has to come from somewhere right i'm surprised that he could do it for as long as he did yeah no totally uh we're certainly all really bummed because those are the the premier events of the world you know that's what you look forward to as as a a beach volleyball players to play in those biggest events and and there's not really anything that that matches it um obviously like playing in big AVPs is is amazing, but it's it's a different it's a different atmosphere. Yeah, you don't have the Red Bull Beach Arena and the dancing and the lights and the night games and all that crazy stuff. The VI the VIP, which is like a it's like I mean, you've been into VIP section right at a major series. I've never been to a major series actually. I was going oh, to go to Fort, I was going to go to Fort Lauderdale this year. Um, but I, I haven't been to one yet. It's insane. It's like it's like five star dining, like looking out over the ocean, and you're, you're getting like 
chocolate molten lava cakes and like <laughs> champagne and that that sort of treatment. Uh, it's pretty amazing. But uh, who knows? You know, this the sport's kind of correcting itself, right? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it was. Trying. I feel like with the FIVB, it, was, it had to. Like somebody had to check it and be like, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't run forty-seven events <laughs> in one year." I really hope that that's that they're, you know, behind the scenes right now trying to figure it out. Because for the top athletes, like it's really not great. Uh, I mean, so for for any athletes, but obviously when you're up and coming, you want to play in those lower level events. So it's great that there's a lot of those, but. Everyone wants to get to the point where you can make a really good living. And if there's no upside, if, you know, the really good living is playing in two five stars or something, it's not, the incentives aren't quite that great. And then think if you're the other countries that don't have domestic tours, they're relying everything on that. If you play in two big events, two big time TV events, you're not going to be able to get as many sponsors either. Whereas right. if back in the day we were playing in nine grand slams when I first started playing. That's nine so many grand slams. Yeah, and the money was bigger, and uh, so that's a lot easier to get sponsors. That's obviously easier to get a lot more prize money, and uh, it's it's a little it's very frustrating. And I know that there's some world tour athletes that are that have uh, brought in their concerns to the FIVB and. I think last year, I, I wasn't on tour, obviously, um, for most of the year, but I think a, a lot of the athletes were trying to, like, get people to come together and, like, sign a petition or something like that, like, to uh, let the FIVB know that they were not happy with the the way, the star system, basically. So what would, what kind of system would you like to have in place? Because I know for the top athletes, the star system is frustrating because the prize money is so diluted at the bottom now with all the ones and twos and threes. But for guys like say me, or we just had miles Evans and Billy Kalinsky on who used mm-hmm. the star system perfectly by just right. going a lot of one stars. Okay. We got points. Now we're in the twos. Now we're in the threes. And Hey, now we're main automatic main draw on a four star. Like it gave them a ladder to work their way up. Whereas before the, the entry threshold was really high. Right. So what, would, so, what, would, what would be the ideal world tour system for you? I don't think it's the star system that that's so bad. I mean, before they, it was basically you had two different levels, right? You had opens and grand slams. And um, since they had a lot of grand slams, it was it was fairly easy to get into a open, but it was only nine grand slams, so other teams had time to go to these opens as well just to try to pick up extra points. Right. So yeah, it was a lot harder to come up through the system. But now I I don't mind the star system, but it's just so heavily weighted for the lower level events. And even the four stars are not they're like AVPs. But whereas before it was like we play AVP tour uh, to make, you know, kind of side living. We care a lot about it. We, we're going all out because it's our domestic tour, but FIVB is where we can go make a really good living. And now it's like all the four stars are basically AVPs, but with the best teams in the world. Right. So it's a lot harder to, to make good money. And when you're traveling overseas, you'd like to 
think that you're going for a bigger paycheck because you're putting so much more effort into it and you're playing against um, all the best teams in the world. Um, so I'd just like to see it, it evened out where we have maybe the same amount of one, two, three, four, and five stars all the way across the board rather than what do they have? What is it now? Like mostly twos and three, there's a decent amount of four stars. Yeah. I'd have to do, do kind of a, an inventory of it, but I, I think that the ones, twos and threes probably make up 70%, at least maybe 75% of the events. And then the fours and five stars are the remaining 25. Yeah. Let's, I mean, if I could play in five or six, five stars and then five or six, four stars, I think for a team that's, that's, worked their way up and, and gotten enough points to be at the top, I think that would be reasonable. Um, and I think there'd be plenty of events for, you know, for, uh, for let's say you guys, Kalinski and Miles um, and Kalinski, who, who are kind of at the three-star level now, right? I mean, they're, they're going to qualify for some fours and fives probably this yeah. year. But, yeah, so the ones that but, uh, Top Guns are missing, they're in because, I mean, they're automatic. They don't even have to qualify for the Hague, which is a four-star in their first one. So really, I mean, they have a lot riding on the Hague, actually. Totally. A good finish totally. will do a lot for them. Right. Yeah, that's going to be a big event, actually. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, how it goes with everyone. I wanted to be there, but... My partner Trevor is lazy. <laughs> I'm just joking. He uh, he played in a lot more events than I did last year. Plus, we didn't know that Fort Lauderdale was going to get canceled, so we decided to take that one off. We are now going to take a quick second for a word from our sponsors, and before we do, we just wanted to thank you guys as always for listening. You are what keeps the show going on. Um, now, if you want to do us a huge favor and drop us a review on iTunes or Podbean, we would greatly appreciate it. If not, support our sponsors. They're the ones who also keep the show going, so any support in any way we appreciate. So here's a word from our sponsors on Sandcast. This show has been brought to you by Firefly Recovery. Now, I know that uh, I have done a terrible job with my recovery all season long, which is why I'm a huge fan of Firefly. I always thought recovery, you had to go get a massage, it had to be an hour-long thing, but it doesn't. With Firefly, all you have to do is just strap this thing on to your knee, which is what's been bugging me, and you can strap it on at work, so you can do your recovery while you're getting paid and doing your work. You can strap it on during an airplane, which is exactly what I did on my way to Maryland for New Year's and Christmas. You can bring it on the way back from the plane, you can do it in the car ride. You can recover on the go, doing whatever you want, which is exactly why I love Firefly. It does everything that you would need it to do. It moves the blood flow down there, and you're naturally recovering. You don't need these enormous Normatec boots and be grounded. You can do it on the move, on the go. It's a huge help for me um, with how much you have to lift and play beach volleyball. I highly recommend Firefly Recovery, so check them out. Uh, If you are an athlete, if you are just uh, a weekend warrior looking to get that soreness out of your muscles, Firefly is the way to go. So hit them up at fireflyrecovery.com. Give them a try. I highly recommend it. This podcast is also brought to you by Wilson Volleyball. I know if you've been following beach volleyball players on Instagram lately, there's a lot of complaints about how difficult it is to play with the dreaded Mikasa, which is used on the international tours. But if you're not playing internationally and if you're not playing P1440, whose season won't be rolling around till late fall anyway, we are back to using the Wilson people. So hallelujah and celebrating that. So if you need a, a refill on Wilson balls, they are the best balls in the market. And best thing yet, 
we give you a 20% discount here at Sandcast if you use the discount code WILSONSAN. By far the best ball. The college players use it. The AVP uses it. Almost every grassroots tour uses it. The CBVA rocks it. There's a reason that everyone uses Wilson. It's the best ball in the market. Highly recommend you pick up a bag of Wilsons today, especially if you want to use our Wilson code, Wilson Sand. So go ahead and get yourself a bag of volleyballs today or any other equipment you might need. This podcast is also brought to you by our good friends over at Volley Camp Hermosa, which is the place to go to get better at beach volleyball. I can personally attest to that. If you haven't had Mark Bjork's coaching or with the new staff of Brandon Joyner, you definitely should. It doesn't matter if you are professional, if you are developing, if you are amateur, if you're just doing it for fun. It's a great way to get a good community workout and to get a lot better at volleyball. Whether you're planning a trip to Hermosa Beach, the Mecca of Beach Volleyball, or live locally, you have professional coaches to take your game to the next level. For those making the beach volleyball pilgrimage, they also offer week-long training adult camps that are complete beach volleyball experiences. If you live locally or you can't join a camp, you can also take their weekly classes and or their private training. All of them are good deals and all levels are welcome. You can sign up online at www.volleycamppromosa.com or for more information, you can give them a call at 234-PLAY-VCH. So I'll run that by you again. That is 234-PLAY-VCH or you can email them, info at volleycamppromosa.com. They will see you guys in the sand. So while while we're on that topic then, so you guys had your schedule planned out. I sat there with, with you and Trevor that one night. Um, mm-hmm. Now that the Hague is canceled, or well, you're not playing Hague, Fort Lauderdale is canceled. How has that changed? You're, is it just pushing it back a little bit, or are you guys going to try to slip into maybe a smaller three-star now that Fort Lauderdale is canceled? No, we're going we're gonna to stick with our plan, and we're going to um, have uh, Doha Qatar be our first event. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't want to switch things up too much and get, and get too excited. Like, oh, we got to go play because we know that uh, the meat of the season is, is really intense. So we're kind of trying to look at it as, as a positive and just get more rest and more training um, here at home. And, and we're still a new partnership, obviously. Last time we played at the end of 2018, it was just kind of, like you said earlier, it was a honeymoon phase. Yeah. Uh, even though me and Trevor have been playing against each other our whole lives, um, we we have a lot to figure out. We were just winging it at the end of 2018, so now we got to figure out what our system is, uh, figure out how the hell to play defense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so I'm I'm excited we get the extra reps, but it's a little obviously frustrating when you lose a five star, and um, it's a little hard to sit around and and wait an extra month. Right. And with you and Trev, so you guys are the only U.S. split blocking team. And the first one in, I feel like, a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so how are – how is that development going? Like before you said you were just winging it. Are you guys finding a system? Like is one of you – say you get in a pinch, is one of you better on defense or better at blocking than the other? Or um, Well, it's it's exciting playing split blocking for me. I think it kind of spices things up and keeps it really fresh. Um, but at first, I think we both thought like, oh, okay, if one guy's blocking better or one guy's playing defense better, we'll we'll switch it up and we'll I'll have Trevor run up or whatever, you know. Um, but that ended up never happening in 2018. <laughs> we just, 
I think we're both uh, probably overly confident in our skills, so we'd never admit that even if we're doing terrible on defense, we'd be like, no, 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 I got this next one. (laughs) Something something like that tends to happen with us, um, which I think is a good thing. Um, But that's certainly an option is, uh, hey, I'm feeling it today, or I I got a good read on this, this hitter either at the net or, or on defense. And, uh, we'll, we'll switch it up from there. Plus we are, we kind of have different blocking styles and different, um, skills on defense as well. Um, so depending on certain matchups, I think we're going to try to use that to our advantage. If guys are more, uh, if if guys are hitters and they're going to come in and and try to bang low, I think I, I might get a better read on them. And uh, if they're going to try to shoot around, Trevor likes to he likes to kind of wait and see those shots, and he's pretty good at getting his paws on it. So um, we we can play to to those tendencies, but as of right now, we've pretty much just played it straight up fifty uh, fifty, and uh, it's been fun. I'm I'm super excited. Uh, I didn't think I'd I always wanted to do it, but I never thought that I would. Uh, I think. I, you just feel like you should specialize because the rest of the world is, um, except for like what two other teams, I think. Yeah, you got Latvia. They split block. Um, Spain, Spain split blocks. Yeah. So yeah. it was funny. You guys played Spain twice. <laughs> two of the three split blocking teams in the world played each other twice in the same tournament in Vegas. Yeah, and we uh, and it's funny because that's one of like a. Fir- I think a few teams that I'd never, I'd never beaten with Hayden and uh, me and Trev took them down twice. That's funny. I, I feel like you guys probably got, a f- it was worth a few points per match, just how different you guys were. Cause that's a team that no one really knew what to do with because you were so new. Yeah. I, I mean, and I totally know that. I remember coming out on the world tour uh, back in 20, 20- 13 I think it was uh and or 2014 one of those years um and nobody knew who the hell I was and Hayden hadn't played too much world tour either and he has a very unique style that was working domestically with Sean Scott um and he kind of taught me that and we brought it to the world tour and everyone's like whoa what the hell is going on and we did really well right away and then there was kind of a plateau where everyone started kind of studying us and figuring out our game and then and then from there it's just it's just a battle but uh i know i know things will get a little more difficult than they were uh, at the end of last year but uh certainly confident in uh what we can do and like i said just super excited about it because i've always taken a lot of pride in being able to do every skill like indoors i i played libero a little bit at usc I played middle blocker when I was uh, um, playing club in high school. So I've kind of taken a little bit of skill sets from every position indoors, and that's kind of what's developed me into a beach player. But I didn't like being a specialized blocker, even though blocking is probably my favorite skill and probably took the most pride in over the last five years. Um, but now I get to I get to really do it all. So I'm stoked on that. Yeah, I think too that, 
you know, you mentioned that teams might start figuring you out, but you guys have such a long way to go before you would hit whatever your perceived ceiling would be just because you were just winging it. So, I mean, you guys were so far from how good you could potentially be that like even as teams start to figure you out, you're going to start figuring yourselves out and how to play best as a team. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's just going to be who can, who can improve faster. You guys are the teams trying to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And we're, and we're, we're worried about ourselves because, I mean, at the end of the year, I, we took some time. We weren't for sure going to play with each other. We both kind of took time to just figure out what was best for ourselves individually. Um, but we both kind of came around. We're like, this is this is too fun, and we're actually doing well, so why not, you know? Um, and then we also put a lot of thought into uh, what coach would work best for us. And we ended up picking Jose Loyola, um, and we've been training, had been training with him for about a month, and he, he's amazing. It's a, uh, it's seems like a fit. So we have so much to learn. We haven't even started jumping and hitting yet. We've just been doing ball control and that sort of thing. And I'm just excited to be able to tap into the knowledge of a, a player that's or a coach that's actually been on the court and done what we're trying to do. He's achieved kind of. Uh, what we're going after so uh we're we're gonna be able to relate to him and in a lot of ways and and suck a lot of knowledge and value out of him i think and when does the the jumping and all that start are you guys probably once the new year starts once you get back from yeah it's starting now i think we might uh throw it in practice tomorrow me and trevor right now um taking our our last little vacation at home but it's nice when your partner is from the same place. And <laughs> yeah. Now we just got to get our coach out here. Yeah, I don't um, think Jose would mind, but I think you, you'd have to fly Sarah and Summer out too. Yeah, right. <laughs> Although they I don't think it'd be the worst thing to have a little Hawaii training camp. Yeah, exactly. No, I'll train with those girls all day. When it comes to ball control, we might uh, we might have a serious battle on our hands there. Yeah, I saw you guys uh, were doing a little co-ed matchup. What were yeah. the, and who won? Uh, we did do a co-ed. I think Trevor ended up winning. It was kind of he won. He, Trevor won off points. Me and Sarah were. Uh, we did like a king of the court no jump uh, tournament, and uh, I think Trevor ended up winning. But it's just because me and Sarah were winning by like five points, and and we took too long to get our to finish the match so on point differential Trevor ended up winning but um Sarah Sarah's tough she's tough in those games she's she's certainly making better reads than when I out there I have to admit yeah um, but it's, it's fun to, to be around because we're trying to get a little bit more of a disciplined defense going um rather than us just kind of being athletic and knowing volleyball right um and Sarah's very disciplined and has really good fundamentals, so it's it's good to be around. Summer's more like us. She's she's kind of athletic, really good skills, and just kind of wings it. You know what I think would be uh, like a ton of fun is if, say, like at the end of the season after the AVP is over. So you know how at the end of the year I feel like teams loved having king of the court because it was just a different fun format and I know that everyone who played in P1440's KOB or Top Gun they loved it just because it was a different format it was fun you switch it up you break up the tedium of having the same exact tournaments what if at the end of the year there was 
like an open level sure. co-ed tournament. I'd be down. Would teams play? Like, would the top people play? You think? I mean, well, it's, Phil, it's Phil and Nick, it's hard to get them to play. Anything. Yeah, if there's prize money. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If there's prize money, I mean, I don't know if teams are going to fly across the world. Right. Um, they would if there's prize money. Which yeah. King of the court, there is. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, because here, what, like, girls net or guys net? You got to play on guys net, right? Yeah, guys net, and then maybe. Yeah, I think guys net and would it be reverse at all? Like, would you have to hit from deep, or would you just play normal? And the guy would just have to to try to dump. Well, I mean, I don't know. Half the girls hit a hundred times harder than I do on a guys net anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's certainly going to be tougher for the girls because obviously hitting on the guys net is they're just not as tall. Like I was setting Sarah too tight to the net you know I was like oh, okay go like 50 50 because I have like normally I'm setting like a 6 5 person who can right. <laughs> right. all right we gotta <laughs> do a different strategy <laughs> um but no that would be awesome I think it'd be really cool yeah I, I think you got to keep the rules just straight up and and teams would have to find good strategies you know a lot of options setting, setting the big player on two or yeah something like that but I mean there's some girls who can yeah obviously hammer because here's – so I have like just been thinking of a lot about how this beach landscape could work just because there's so many moving pieces now, right? So we have the AVP, which is the premier domestic tour. We have P1440, which puts on sort of a different style of event. Then we have the FIVB, which is the international. The Beach Major Series is sort of with the FIVB, but it's kind of its own thing. And then there's King of the Courts. So we have like five moving pieces and all five do something like they they sort of specialize, right? So P1440 puts on the unique events. AVP puts on the premier domestic events. Beach Major Series is the big international events. FIVB, the international tour. King of the Courts is just sort of fun. So like what if, say we had P1440, which does, I think, the best in terms of producing content. What if they just became like the Beach Volleyball Network? All mm-hmm. streaming – for all five tours would be done through P1440, right? So, you know, if you want to watch volleyball, that's where you go. So they would stream the AVPs, P1440 events. They would stream the FIVBs, the Beach Major Series, and the King of the Court. You could run commercials and stuff. So we'd actually have like a revenue stream coming through, and it'd be a revenue sharing thing. So P1440 would stream it. they get a share of the revenue. If they were streaming AVPs, AVP would get a share of the revenue too. So then P1440 could set up like an agreement with the AVP where they'd say as a part of us helping stream your events, you could let all the American players play in our events. However, we would differentiate our events from yours by putting on a more unique style, which they've already done. So like we'll put on KOBs. We could put on uh, a co-ed tournament. We'll bring in international players to do just mix up, mishmash international teams like they did. So now we have two different American tours while having – of like a beach volleyball network of sorts where you could get all the beach content. That's like my dream where everyone just agrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think know. That sounds amazing to be honest. Um, I, I think first of all, having one stop shop for all of our digital content would be huge because I think it's hard to follow our sport. Um, I think you should be able to go to one site and be able to follow the landscape of all of beach volleyball 
I want to see a ranking and a not not like a like four different ranking systems that no one can figure out. Right. Like a legit domestic ranking, uh, you know, just a one-stop shop. So you can take, I want someone who doesn't understand our sport to go to a website, come in and, and understand who the top teams are, who the top players are, where the tour goes, how it works within 10 minutes of being on this site. That's what I want. Yeah, and I think that that's it's possible. I mean, it's not that hard to do, no, but you just, ha- just has to focus. Yeah, put their focus there. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But I would love to. And is they there can a- host up a great podcast. As yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> is there a place where you can find the Olympic rankings, or is that still sort of murky too? Does the FIVB do that, or is that some? Yes, uh, FIVB does do it. So you can go look, and that's on the on the list of their different rankings. Um, you can okay. go click Olympic ranking, which is pretty simple, you know. Yeah. Um, but FIVB is such a giant thing. Uh, I think the average person when they go to the site gets a little overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's on the beach volleyball tab. You can just click uh, rankings and then go to Olympic ranking, and um, they have that. I I have don't look at it because i know it's really stupid to look at it's like it's like you know looking at the nba uh uh rankings after week like four <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like wow i think they can make a run for the title this year yeah. or when when uh, lakers fans were calling for luke walton's job like four games into the season yeah exactly <laughs> when lebron usually like <laughs> yeah. throws half the season just because he wants to cruise he's just figuring it out yeah. Yeah. Well, with with the rankings too, so the US men, I mean, everyone's pretty much starting from scratch because there's so many new partnerships. And I know it's a weird thing for you to sort of break down the American men partnerships that you are currently rivals with. But that I think the Hague will be a fun event. I'm interested in your thoughts on just any Hague predictions that you have because we're we're seeing we're getting a glimpse of three new partnerships, right? So we have Theo and Reed Pretty, Chase Budinger and Casey Patterson, Jeremy Casebeer and Eric Zahn, who they're going to do an extended trip in Brazil for a couple months to train. So good on Zahn for that. I'm losing my roommate. Yeah. <laughs> and no, then somehow me and Ben Vaught are still uh, still on the list. <laughs> Dude, you're an international guy now. So we, we, <laughs> we might have slipped into I the qualifier it. without even playing the country quota. <laughs> Oh, wow. I love it. <laughs> uh, which would um, be a problem because I don't plan on being in the Netherlands in two days. <laughs> right, right, right. But you could still claim it. <laughs> I could still claim it. <laughs> um, I, th- I think the matchup that I see be- having the- a lot of potential to be a deadly team is uh, Theo and Reed. You know, uh, I think we've all seen Reed's slowly getting better. He's not getting worse every season, that's for sure. Um, Theo's obviously really hungry. He's he's been wanting to make a Olympic run, and uh, I think I think that team could be really good. That's the kind of team where their skill sets just have to match up. You know, their strengths have to match up, um, and I and I think that they'll figure it out and be a pretty good team because Theo. When he's blocking the way he wants to, 
he's a he's a pretty deadly player. Um, I think Zahn and Kaspier could be good. I don't think Kaspier's really um, kind of he hasn't played to his potential. I want to. I don't know if that's a dramatic way of saying it, but he hasn't gotten the results that that I think everyone thinks he, he's capable of on the world tour yet. So maybe Zahn's the guy for him. I, I think Zahn can has proven he can handle uh, playing on the big stage. So he's certainly um, due for a good finish on the world tour as well. Um, but there, it's obviously new partnerships. So who knows? That that could be a good thing. We talked about the honeymoon phase. We got three teams in the honeymoon phase that could easily, uh, you know, have a, a great tournament with kind of going with low expectations. Um, and then Buttinger and and Patterson, Casey's an Olympian veteran on the world tour. And uh, I don't know, that, that team's a throw up too. I, I could see any of them like making a good run here. Yeah. This event. But I could also see it, all of them not doing well, to be honest. Yeah. I, I think be either or. Yeah. I'm, I'm on with you in that I, I think that Reed and Theo, I think they have the highest ceiling of that bunch. But if Casebeer and Zahn is a, is a long term thing, I think that they definitely have the most room for very fast improvement. And I'm interested to see too what, how Casebeer responds because this is the first time where he's really been well he should be sort of the leader of the team right because he's always played with veterans i mean after him and Derek split up i mean he's played with sean rosenthal he's played with john mayer he's played with reed pretty he's always played with guys who have been around for a while and are veterans and he's always been kind of coached up but zon is a couple years younger than him a lot newer to the beach game so i'm interested to see how jeremy responds to being the de facto like captain of the team right. where he's not necessarily being coached. And I'm not saying he's going to coach Zon, but where he should be the one who's the more like emotionally stable on the court and everything and just kind right. of being the leader. So it'd be an interesting little role, role reversal for him. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'm super interested to see how, how both of those guys kind of evolve. I think they're, that's what's going to need to happen if, if they're going to, um, be successful at, at the level that they're trying to get to, um, which is, you know, consistent top five AVPs or top threes probably, I'd say, is that that's probably the point where they're at. They'd like to get be consistent top threes and then uh, consistent in being able to play in like four or five-star main draws. Um, but they're, gonna, they're both going to have to evolve from where they were at uh, over the last few years and yeah, maybe that um, means Jeremy kind of taking the leadership role and applying all that knowledge that he's soaked in over the last few years. Yeah, I think they're the one team that could have the biggest breakout for a U.S. team this year. Because the other guys, I mean, we've seen Billy and Stafford. They're back together. They've had a lot of success. Ryan and Hayden had a lot of success together. Reed's had success. Theo's had success. So Jeremy and Zahn are the ones who... Or I've always have been close the last couple of years to breaking through, but I think that they could make a pretty big jump. Yep, definitely. And then internationally, so Anders and Christian were obviously our big breakouts last year. Do you see any teams? Like, did you notice any teams last year that were sort of nudging up against and like 
have a potential not to make a breakthrough like Anders and Christian because that's unprecedented, but any teams that were pretty close that you think could put it together this year? I'm trying to think. I mean, I saw the the Polish guy um, Brill finally kind of broke through because he was he was kind of a one of the lower level Polish guys for a while there, uh, and he finally broke through with Fijalik. But in terms of teams, you know, I think Brazilians, they, they keep, they mash up a lot. They change it up a lot. And uh, I don't think there's going to be any new up-and-comers at this point uh, for the Brazilians. The Dutchies are usually pretty set. I think um, if Varenhorst can get a partner that he meshes with, then he could kind of come back onto the scene. But... What other young teams are there? The one guy that me. the one guy that I, I think is Edgar's Tox from oh, yeah, Latvia. Tox, yeah. I, I think he had a big year last year, but I think that I mean Plavins has been around forever, but I think that Tox is kind of the guy that I'm looking at who could make that huge jump this year. Yeah, and I, I I've heard that there is a younger Samoylovs coming up through the ranks. I'm looking at the entry list for the Hague right now. Um, and his name is uh, Mihails, M-I-H-A-I-L-S. Sure. So we're going to go with Mihails Samoylov. Yeah. So I, I, think, I think younger brother, he is 20. Right, and who is he playing with? He has um, Mattis Gabdulins. Yeah, so I don't know, but I mean, he's certainly. I, I think he's. I think he's done really well at the at the youth levels, and um, you know that that's a pretty good indicator. If you can do well, the, those youth and junior um, international events are, are no joke. And if if you're doing well there, then there's it's a pretty good sign that you're gonna come and and do well on the world tour, especially if your name's Smoilovs. And he's six seven, so he's he's bigger oh, than Big Brother. Oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> um well I know that you got a a Hawaii training camp to be getting to, so I don't want to be keeping mm-hmm. you too long here. Um what are your big New Year's plans over there on the island? Uh keeping it super mellow. My sister's um due date for her baby is today. So uh <laughs> I might just hang out with her and uh, she probably won't make it to midnight, but um, we'll just keep it mellow. I'm I'm thinking beach, beach picnic, potluck kind of thing. That tends to be the trend out here. You just cruise around at the beach and uh, people shoot off fireworks and relax. Nothing crazy. Not a bad way to be. I mean, you'll be in the New Year's way after me. I'm sick. Dude, the time change kept tripping me out because we're six hours apart now. <laughs> yeah, no, I was eat- but I was eating my breakfast here, and you told me you're eating an omelet. I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" I had a late eating start. An omelet at noon. <laughs> <laughs> Woke up, went to the gym for like two hours, and then got back, and it was noon. So just went omelet. Good for you. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta uh, celebrate that Baltimore Ravens win yesterday. You God, they made it stressful. Oh yeah, you guys pretty much should have lost. We should have, because they shouldn't have called back that fumble. The fumble mm-hmm. re- returned at halftime should have been a touchdown for the Browns, but luckily that was one of the worst officiating crews I've ever seen. 
And Baker gave you guys a nice little present at the end. Yeah, we'll take that. He carved us up for a while, but I, yeah. we, were, we were celebrating. So now I think we play the Chargers next week. So Lamar Jackson. Lamar Let's Jackson, go. baby. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, man. We'll give the pod mama my best over there. Have a good New Year's, and uh, I'll be seeing you hopefully sometime soon, or you're just going to keep extending your Hawaiian training camp. Yeah. <laughs> ideally ideally i will <laughs> all right shoot bruh all right happy new year you